Hi, my name is Stephen Mansfield and this is your 15. The question for our 15 minutes together today is, how do you live in the Bible? How do you live in the Bible? You know, we've been talking about the fact in some other segments, and I hope you'll see them, uh, that the Bible is not just a book like Shakespeare, not just language like a newspaper. It's supernatural. It's got the story level of understanding, absolutely, and you can read it and enjoy the story and learn from the story. But the words are carriers of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the words I've given you are spirit and life. In another place, it's, it says that God breathed these words and men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we've got really a couple of different levels at which we deal with the Bible. And as a result of that, what we want to talk about is how do you live in the Bible? It's very clear that God intends us to live a life that is lived in the Word or in the Bible. You'll sometimes notice that I'll call it the Word rather than the Bible because the Bible itself calls itself the Word, and it is the final word for us Christians. So don't get confused if I use those terms interchangeably. In, in the Old Testament, you found God telling the Jews, I want you to write these words on your doorposts. I want you to bind them to your heart. I want you to memorize them. I want you to, to speak them over your children. I want you to read large sections of them at certain holy times during the year. I want you to have rituals in your home where you remember the story and the word. And in other words, it was clear that when God was revealing himself to the Jews of the Old Testament era, uh, he was wanting them to live a life that was thoroughly in the Word. They were to bind the words to themselves. They were to put them on their doorposts. They were to, uh, to sing them. They were to speak them. They were to rehearse them. It was a constant life in the Word. And of course, as we've seen in other segments, uh, they were to speak the words, memorize the words, rehearse the words, think about them in their night seasons, and thus make their way successful and prosperous. So how do we... Uh, in our day, live in the Word? How, how do we uh, have a life in the Bible? Uh, there's, a, there's a sentence I want to sort of use with you, and it's this. We, we want, our goal needs to be to have a relationship with Jesus carried on in part by means of the Scriptures. We're not wanting you to have a relationship with the book. That's, that's, not, what, that's not the goal of, of the Christian orientation to the Bible. I, I suppose it's possible for us to be only oriented on the book and forget Jesus. And that, of course, would be a mistake. And in, in fact, you know, Jesus actually rebuked people who knew the Bible and went to them as though they contained the information of, went to the scriptures as though they contained the information about salvation, but they didn't come to him. So we want to be careful not to put the Bible in front of Jesus. No, the Bible is the way that we have a relationship, one of the ways we have a relationship with Jesus uh, and, and engage him. So let's talk a little bit about how do you have, how do you, how do you live in the word, how do you have a relationship with Jesus through the word? Um, the, the first thing I want to talk about is the teaching of the Word in your life. Uh, some of you are watching this and you are already mature Christians. Uh, some of you are new Christians. Some of you are not Christians. Some of you are watching just because you're intrigued by what we're doing. All are welcomed, of course. But if you're going to try to have a relationship with Jesus, uh, if you're going to engage the Bible as a means of a relationship with God, where the Spirit of God breathes through the words and transforms your life, you need to be exposing yourself to the teaching of God's Word by people who are seriously committed to Jesus, okay? 
Now, in our world, there's lots on the internet and there's lots that you can find in your community, probably if you live in a, a relatively Christian culture. Um, some of you don't, and I understand that, but, but if you possibly can, you want to be under the teaching of the Word. We, we Christians sometimes use that phrase, under the teaching of the Word, because the, your, your teachers have authority over you and they, they have an, an ability to teach you and train you out of the Bible uh, so as to develop you in your faith and your Christian maturity. The goal of the Christian life is to look like Jesus. And Christian teachers, Christian pastors, people who are called and gifted for this, and we'll talk about the, the theology of the church and, and what that looks like in a, in a future segment, but Christian teachers are specifically gifted by God to train us in the Word of God. And so if you're going to have a, a relationship with Jesus through the Word, you need to be somewhere, you need to be meeting with people in some kind of a situation where the Bible is being taught by people who are seriously committed to Jesus. Now, if you'll begin with that, you'll find that what's happening in that teaching experience on Sunday morning church or Bible study or cell group or, or house church or underground church, wherever you're engaging God's Word, you'll find that the Holy Spirit will work in, in, in that teaching in your life and it, there will be a connection with what else is happening in your life in the Word. Let me give you an example. Uh, I've said before in another segment, and it's very, very important that you have a life in the Scriptures yourself. Um, that you are studying the scriptures, reading the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures. And you can listen to our earlier segment about that to, to, to discover what all that means. Well, if you're living in the teaching of the Word, if you're in a situation where the Word is being taught uh, by, by people, again, who are committed to Jesus Christ, uh, then, then you will find that the Holy Spirit will often be speaking to them and through them uh, in the, from the Bible the things that you are also studying and meditating on as you study the Bible. Well, it doesn't take long before you figure out that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Uh, this is how the Holy Spirit often speaks. Uh, when we say the Holy Spirit speaks, we don't, we don't mean He's going to appear in this room and speak in an audible voice. No, He works more subtly than that. He'll have the person teaching you the Bible talk about a certain theme, and then you'll find that's the theme of your own personal Bible study. And then what'll happen sometimes is that people in your life will speak about these themes, uh, and then maybe you happen upon a Christian book on the same theme. And let's just say for the sake of our discussion here that it's the theme of holiness, which means being conformed to the image of Jesus and keeping impure things out of your life. Well, if, if that's the theme, and the, the, the teaching you heard earlier in the week is on holiness, and the, and the study that you're doing in the scriptures relates to holiness, and a friend talks to you about holiness from the Bible, and maybe the Christian book you happen upon uh, is also about holiness, well, then you can be pretty sure the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about holiness. And all, again, all of this comes from the Bible. So you want, as you have a life in the Word, you, you want to pay attention to the ways that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you from the Bible. I've had days where I've gone to church in the morning, turned on television in the afternoon, read the Bible, then later in the day, and had a discussion with my wife, and without any planning, all of those aligned on a certain subject. My pastor was speaking on a certain topic in the morning. I turned on a television ministry, perhaps, and, and heard the same thing later in that afternoon. What I'm saying is, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks. Look for the themes that the Lord is developing in your life. So as you have a life in the Word, you want to be under the teaching of the Word. 
And then you want to have your own life and discipline in the Word. Of course, that's multifaceted. That's study, that's meditation, that's speaking it, that's praying it. We've talked about that before, and you can certainly view those segments. And, and, and then, of course, uh, you, you want to be in a situation where people are helping you process and digest the Word. This is unbelievably important. Many false teachings and cults and dangerous movements in the world have come about when a man or a woman believed they could just open the Bible, read it for themselves, decide things completely at odds with what Christians have taught for centuries, and go off and start a new movement. You need to be humble. We all need to be humble about our reading of the Bible and understand that we need other people to help us understand it. Uh, I read the Bible. I think I see certain things. But, you know, there's a, there's a great scripture in the New Testament that says, uh, Paul says, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith. Now, that doesn't mean witnessing. That means koinonia-ing is the Greek. It means to ha have it as a shared experience with a group of people. I pray you may be active in sharing your faith or having fellowship around Christian truth so that you may have insight into every good thing we have in Christ. Well, what does that mean? That means if I sit with five or six friends and we are all reading the Bible together or, or digesting perhaps the same truth when we're apart and then coming together to discuss it, their different gifts, their different abilities, their different perspectives will help me understand the Word in a different way. I can't tell you the different way I see the Scriptures when I simply discuss them with my wife, for example. Uh, my wife is an intelligent woman, and obviously she's a woman, and, and so she perceives it uh, differently. As a woman, as a woman with a different intellectual perspective than I have, my wife's also an artist, and so she perceives the Word in a different way, and it opens up the Scriptures to me. So you want to be in a context, in a situation, where you are digesting the Word with people. You're discussing it. You're chewing on it. You're, you're, you're thinking about it. You're openly bringing it up. You don't want to be in a situation all the time where the conversations that you're having are just vain and empty and encouraging, you know, unclean things in your life. You want to be with Christians from time to time, at least on, a, on some kind of regular intentional basis, where the Word is being digested, where we can think it through. And then, then the, the final thing I, I want to say about this particular progression is that if you are under the teaching of the Word, you have your own discipline in the Word, uh, studying and meditating and so on, and you have a group that's helping you process the Word, then you want to be in a situation where people are holding you accountable to do the Word. Now, we'll talk more about groups and walking in community uh, in another segment. But regarding the Word, if you're going to be serious about the Word, you want to have uh, a band of brothers or a band of sisters who are able to help you actually do what you're reading. One of the great mistakes in a person's relationship with the Bible is that they read it, they think about it, and they never do it. Now, there are special you know, curses, uh, negative things described in the Bible for those who hear the Word but never get around to doing it. If you're going to have a complete relationship with God through the Word, you want to again have the teaching through the sermon. You want to study it on your own. You want to process it in a group. But then you want to have some mechanism in place, some accountability where people can help you actually do it, where you're being intentional about doing the Word. 
For example, let's say with, I'm sitting with a group of my friends over uh, lunch, and we begin to process the biblical truth about fasting. Uh, we talk about the scriptures. We talk about their experience in fasting. We talk about the great saints of old in fasting and how revivals and great movements of God in the earth have come out of fasting. And maybe suddenly I realize I don't fast very much. I'm not very disciplined in fasting. I tell the brothers and sisters that, and I ask them to help me walk this out. So. They say, well, how, how would you like to walk this out? I'd like to fast every Tuesday from now on. So they pray for me on that day, and then they check with me. How did it go? Well, if I have to confess that I've had a bag of cookies by 8 o'clock in the morning, then I didn't get very far, did I? So we've got something to work on here. They're going to hold me accountable. They're going to help me think it through. They're going to pray for me. And that is how, and here's the great phrase from the Bible, we perfect righteousness in our lives. We work it out as a process. Understand that doing the Word is a very practical thing. Not everything about the Bible and about Christianity is high and spiritual and otherworldly. Much of it is just a matter of practically doing it. Your giving, your treatment of people, your fasting, your body life, the things you do and don't watch on television. These are things that are very, very practical. And the Word deals with those things. The Word deals with what words you shouldn't say and, and, and how you should treat each other and the respect you ought to show elders and all sorts of things like that that are wonderful to know because we all need sort of an owner's manual for living in this life. Now, the final thought that I want to leave with you is this. There, there's, a, there's a wonderful scripture uh, that says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me, let me make it very clear, and please make this the center of your thinking about this topic, that you being transformed is the ultimate goal. And this word transformed from the Greek of the New Testament is metamorpho. It, it, is, uh, it is the word from which we get the English word metamorphosis. It's the process by which a slimy little caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. It's the change that happens so that, we, so that the butterfly can become glorious. That's the word that is used in Greek. Isn't it a beautiful picture? That's the word that is used in Greek of how we should be transformed as the Word of God works in our lives. And so I want you to be aware that the goal of your relationship with God through the Bible is not just that you know the Bible. I've known many people who could quote all the big long lists in the Bible of who was, gave birth to who and who was whose father or, 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 or quote great big passages, but, but never, never, they never do it. I once knew a scholar who was not a Christian but had, and this was true, the entire Bible memorized, but he didn't believe any of it and he never obeyed any of it. The goal of your life in the Word is that you're changed. And so if you can't look back on your life in the Word and see that you're different now than you were six months ago, different now than you were a year ago, then something's being lost of your life in the Word. I believe better of you. And I believe that if you will walk in the Word, if you will have people teaching you the Word, if you will study the Word on your own and then engage the Word personally in all the ways that we've talked about before, and then if you'll have a, a group that helps you process the Word and then also helps you be accountable in doing the Word, that you'll be transformed. And that is your 15.